welcome. Welcome to the porch. I'm Richard Grund. When you hear that music, it's been the same music since day one, and not going to change it. You know that it's time to get back to basics, the red letter basics, the Holy Spirit-inspired divine revelation word of God, focusing on the book of Acts Church, following their example on how they served the Lord. The Porch Online Bible Study has always taken a deeper look into how they serviced the kingdom of God and how they loved one another and shook the world. That's what we want to do. We want to shake the world one last time before the return of the king. So our desire is to find and restore the priesthood of the believer. Digging deeper into Scripture, we find the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. Church age is not over, folks, and what happened in the upper room is as much for today as it was on the day of Pentecost. And if you know that and you want more, if you want your spiritual walk with Yeshua, with Jesus of Nazareth, to be the full, fullest that it could possibly be, then you join us on this journey. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Use the contact button. Write us directly at the porch, lowercase, one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support us, and we hope that you will, on firefalltalkradio.com, there are ways to do so. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. If you don't know what they are and where to find them, on the main page for Firefall Talk Radio, there are all the links, all the places that you can hear us. Even right there, embedded on the page, is the weekly episode. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of the porch. Thank you for being with us however long you've been with us, some of us, some of us from day one. I say some of us. I've been here from day one. So it's however long you've been here. Thank you. If you need prayer, you want to pray for others, let us know. Just reach out. We'll get you connected because we care about you. And make sure you subscribe and follow us on whatever social media platforms you use. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. There are links on the site. We start out with praise and prayer, acknowledging the Father, the Lord, the Holy Spirit. Father, we just come to you now in the name of Yeshua, the name above all names, as your children, crying out, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. We love you. We worship you. We adore you. And we thank you for loving us even when you didn't have to, when we were unlovable. We thank you for making a way for us where there was no way to get back to you. We thank you for Yeshua sending your only begotten Son to pay our debt with his blood, to endure what he did that day in Jerusalem so that you could be reconciled to your children. Lord, there's no words that can express how much we love you for what you did, how much we admire you, how awesome you are. There's just no words to describe that. 
to magnify you, to as my spirit is just bubbling inside of me. The the magnitude, the majesty of who you are, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the one who spoke everything into existence, that you would even want to know us and speak to us and hang out with us. Thank you. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to teach us, to walk with us, to encourage us, to remind us. So we we pray your hedge of protection over each and every one of us right now. Your Psalm 91 covering over us, our homes, our families, our furry kids, our possessions, everything we have. Keep us from this fallen world and the fallen ones in the fallen world. Keep us from Hasatan and all that serve him. Spread us, cover us with the shadow of your wings. We declare and decree that the powers of darkness are null and void. We are off limits to them. We pray a hedge of protection over the technology and everything we have. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to have your way. Reach in and touch people's hearts. Change their lives. Heal them. Deliver them. Fill them so that they can have the life that you want them to have. Here and now, land of the living beyond anything they've ever thought or imagined. And I just pray all these things in Yeshua's name. If you agree, just say amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So get those Bibles open. Let's get ready. I just want to remind you, Romans ten seventeen Amplified Version says, So faith comes from hearing what is told. And what is heard comes by preaching the message concerning Messiah. That's why we do this every week. Is to get you to hear the word, to get the word inside of you, to change your life, to get you to where you need to be in a world that wants to destroy you, with an enemy that wants to devour you and tear you apart with a darkness that is covering the earth unlike ever before, except the days of Noah. So we're still talking about deception, about being deceived, the ever-present, ongoing danger of listening to the wrong people and the wrong teachings. Now, why is this so important to you, Richard? Well, first of all, I love the Lord. I do with all my heart, with all my mind, all my soul, my spirit, with everything that is within me. I love his word, and I love you, and I don't want to see the enemy have access to you. I don't want to see the enemy do what I know that he does 
when he gets into people's ears and his minds and he leads them down the wrong road. I'm seeing a lot of it. It upsets me to see how easily some people are being deceived at a time when deception is at a a height. A.W. Tozer said, Modern mankind can go anywhere, do everything, and be completely curious about the universe. But only a rare person now and then is curious enough to want to know God. That's what this is about. I want you to be curious enough to want to know God, to know your Abba Father personally through his son, Yeshua. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9 says, But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. This is about being fruitful in your growth in the faith, and that fruitfulness comes from the spirit of truth the Holy Spirit. That's why you need to be born again. That's why you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the manifestation of the fruits and the gifts. And I pray for you right now. Look, if you want this, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the way I've talked about, the way you've seen in the videos for SRT, if you've seen them, in in all the things we've said and done on the porch since day one of March of 2010. If you want that, then I'm praying for you right now that in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, be filled with the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit of God. Be filled from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet with the manifestation of each and every one of the gifts and each and every one of the fruit that are listed so that you can abound and be fruitful and manifest the presence of God in your life to others. If you want that and you agree with me, Say amen. Going to be a little different tonight. See, if you've been with me long enough, you know when the Holy Spirit kicks in. My voice changes. If you've seen me preach or teach, you know that I begin to pace the room, that I cannot stand still. I'm like a tiger or a lion in a cage. Holy Spirit hit early tonight, folks, so let's let him have his way. Hosea 4, verse 1. And this is God. God has an issue with Israel. He has a charge against Israel, and this is what he says. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. For the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. There's no truth or mercy or knowledge of God 
in the land. Well, that charge can be brought up against us today. The church and Israel are one. We've been grafted into the original vine. We have not replaced it. We've been grafted into it. How do I know that? Romans eleven seventeen. And if some branches were broken off and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them and with them become a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. The olive tree is Israel. Romans eleven twenty four. If you were cut out of the olive tree, which is by is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these who are natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? And he's talking about the Jews when they become complete and they meet Messiah. So if we are grafted into the vine, then the warnings to Israel apply to the church as well. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. He goes on to say, I will also reject you from being a priest for me because you've forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children. That applies to the teachers and the priests, and it should apply to the pastors and the teachers today. My people, that's us are destroyed for lack of knowledge of his word, which is where he reveals his will. That is why the issue of deception becomes so important, because the enemy is smart enough to know that the easiest way to defeat you is to get you to be ignorant of his word, of his will, of your rights as one of his children. We've been talking about Matthew 24. Yeshua said, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. That's Matthew 24, 4. Matthew 24, 11, and many false prophets will appear and will deceive many. Matthew 24, 24, for false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, God's chosen ones, God's elect. That's how strong the deception will be at the end. You and I need to be mindful of the possibility of being deceived. Oh, yes, I don't care how long you've studied the Word. I don't care how how filled you are with the Spirit. He said if he didn't cut the time short, even the elect would be deceived. That's how powerful Hasatan and the fallen are with their words and, and their ability to mislead people, being misled by those you trust, being led in the wrong direction into a mistaken action of belief by deliberate deceit. Pervasive deception is a sign of the end times for the church, the sign of his coming in the end of the age, (laughs) at a time when you need the truth. So we've been warned. Ignore the warning at your own risk. 
Machiko Kakutani is a Pulitzer Prize-winning American writer and retired literary critic. She used to be a book reviewer for the New York Times from 1983 to 2017. She said this, The very amount of information that computers make available threaten us with cognitive overload. Overloaded, overloaded, overwhelmed with facts, people tend to mistake data for truth, knowledge for wisdom. Infomania erodes our capacity for significance, she said Michael Heim wrote in The Metaphysics of Reality. With a mindset, listen to this, with a mindset fixed on information, our attention span shortens. We collect fragments. We become mentally poorer in overall meaning. We live in a society of sound bites and video clips, shorts. The, to take the time to study, to take the time to read, that's, that's not the way anymore. On Instagram's, uh, SRT's Instagram, I make images occasionally. And on SRT's Instagram this morning, I posted one, and it said, too many people have opinions, but not enough have knowledge. Proverbs fourteen twelve. there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And the ones who do have knowledge have forsaken God's knowledge. Their minds are filled with the things and the ways of the world. Find his path, his knowledge, and his ways. That's where life and freedom is. Social media has given people a voice, I've said this before, that should never have had one. Oh, everyone has the right to their opinion. But when you begin to present your opinion as fact, without any basis of it being fact, then you run into error and you become deceptive, especially when you begin to teach, I'm doing the finger thing, teach the Word of God and say, well, this is what Jesus meant, or this is what Jesus said, and it wasn't what he meant or what he said. Ecclesiastes 12, starting with verse 9, and moreover, because the preacher, who is Solomon, was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and the words of the scholars are well-driven nails given by one shepherd. And further, my son, be admonished by these of making many books. There is no end. And much study is worrisome to the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Our whole duty is to know God to know his word, to know his son, 
that through the Holy Spirit we can understand that word and have a relationship with them and have access to the throne room. See, the Apostle Paul understood this. That's why he's constantly banging the drum. Oh, Timothy, guard and keep safe the deposit of godly truth entrusted to you. This is First Timothy 6, starting verse 20. Turn away from worldly and godless chatter with, with its profane, empty words and the contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and by doing so have erred, missed the mark, and strayed from the faith. That was written between 62 and 66 A.D. Just 30-plus years after the Lord's death and resurrection, the majority of those people were alive when he was there and preached and taught and performed miracles, and they're already being deceived that's why he calls us sheep. Sheep aren't the brightest animals in the barnyard. Timothy is told to turn away from godless chatter, empty babbling. See, that's how Paul characterizes what the false teachers were saying. First Timothy 4, 7, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Now, you can run here and you can run there. Another sign of the end times, according to Daniel, is the increase in knowledge. And everybody running here and running there and wanting more knowledge. Let's go to this conference. Let's buy this DVD. Oh, did you hear what this person said about the giants? Oh, what about over here and over there? Stop. I was a part of that world. I spoke at those conferences. But see, I did something different that others did not do. I tied it together with a word, and I always did an altar call. I always sought to pray for people because this isn't just about head knowledge. This is about feeding the soul and preparing the church for what's coming. First Peter 6. No, not First Peter 6. First Timothy 6. See, those of you that have the list of scriptures went, wait a second, that's not on the list. First Timothy 6, starting verse 3. Oh, by the way, if you'd like those scriptures, what I do is those that are part of the porch community, those that support the porch, that's how I bless them by giving them access to the weekly scriptures. Now, some of you are not a part of the the, uh, Facebook group, and if I have your email, whether through PayPal or through uh, however you support us, and you would like these scriptures to follow along every week, you let me know. 1 Timothy 6, verse 3. Some people may contradict our teaching. But these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, Adonai Yeshua HaMashiach. These teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. Such a person has an unhealthy desire 
to quibble over the meaning of words. This stirs up arguments ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt, and they have turned their backs on the truth. To them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. Folks, people are still doing it today. They teach the gospel for profit. The opposing ideas he's talking about are more than likely at that time, in this case, rival teachings taught by the Gnostics that are in complete contrast to the truth of what the Book of Acts Church was teaching. This was falsely called knowledge. Several times in the letters that Paul writes, he's combating the false teaching of Gnosticism, those who professed a superior knowledge and believed that salvation comes to those who have secret intellectual treasure. This kind of false gospel some have professed and have deviated from the sound doctrine of biblical Christian faith. The Lexham Bible Dictionary says Gnosticism is a variety of second-century religious participants who believe that people could only be saved through revealed knowledge. That's where Gnosis comes from. Gnostics also held a negative view of the physical or the material world. Early church fathers such as Arrhenius deemed Gnosticism heretical. Now, the only reason I'm going into this, we've talked about it before in great detail, is to get you to understand what we're seeing today they saw then. Gnosticism traces back to the teachings and writings of one Simon Magus. If you remember him from Acts chapter 8, after Saul was wrecking havoc on the church and entering homes and dragging men and women off and putting them in prison, this forced the church to scatter. And then so Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Messiah to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did, signs and wonders follow the word, for unclean, unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simus, Simon, who had previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus the Messiah, both men and women were baptized. Simon himself also believed, or so he said, and was baptized, and he continued with, Pete, with Philip. So basically, he started following Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Now, the apostles are in Jerusalem. They hear about what's going on in Samaria. Peter and John go there. 
And when they come down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because he had not fallen on any of them, they'd only been baptized, water baptized in the name of the Lord. So when they laid hands on them, the people received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon the sorcerer saw this, that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. He said, give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. He wanted to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter said to him, your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. So I guess he wasn't born again. Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. He didn't repent. He didn't say, you know, he just wanted what the curse, the imprecation, a divine curse that Peter had put upon him wouldn't happen. So Justin Martyr, Irenaeus, and Hippolytus talk about Simon Magus, Simon the Sorcerer. And they declare him a dangerous heretic, and he was. And by the way, his teachings still go on today, and maybe you'll figure out from within which organization they do. So he was the first Gnostic, miracles, magic, went to the city of Rome, put on great shows of power. This is after Acts 8. Now, he was from the the village of of Gita, which is in biblical Samaria. Supposedly becomes a Christian, wants to buy the gifts from apostles Peter and John, and gets rebuked and becomes the propagator of his own beliefs. Second century theologian Justin Martyr relates that Simon visited Rome about the time of Emperor Claudius, 41 through 54, and was there deified by his followers, fascinated with his miracle working. Did he convert? Absolutely not. All of the things I'm telling you happened after that event. He became the the symbol of Gnosticism, and he had a consort, his common-law wife, either Helen or Helena. He was a pagan, practiced magic, sorcery. And so he meets, he sees Philip, sees what's going on, wants it, but doesn't get it. He never followed the Lord. He never obeyed any doctrine. He just wanted to enhance the demonic powers that he already had so that he could deceive people. Matter of fact, trying to buy blessings and uh, favor in the church wound up being called simony. And uh, 
By the way, after he went to Rome with his consort, common law wife, Helen, or Helena, he began to build his own church, a universal church. That's what he called it, based out of Rome. Did I tell you that Simon Magus had a middle name? Simon Peter Magus. So maybe he was the Simon Peter in Rome during that time building a universal church. I don't know, maybe. This satanic deception came from the Garden of Eden itself. Remember Genesis 3.13, when the Lord asked Eve, what have you done? The serpent deceived me. Nothing's changed, folks. Nothing has changed. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 9, the coming of the Antichrist, the lawless one, is through the activity of Satan, attended with great power, all kinds of counterfeit miracles and deceptive signs and wonders, all of them lies. Simon Magus, Gnosticism, false teachings. The church right now is rampant with them. If I started rattling off what I believe to be false teachings, I'm sure some of you would be offended. I'm not saying I won't. I'm just saying I won't do it right now. Deuteronomy 11:16, be careful. Don't let your heart be deceived so that you turn away from the Lord and serve and worship other gods. Wait a second, I believe in Jesus, Richard. I wouldn't worship other gods. There are people out there who believe they worship Jesus, but it's a different Jesus. It's not the Yeshua of the Bible. It's not the only begotten Son of God. It's not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's a completely different one that came about from completely different sources like somebody putting his face in a hat with a crystal and having it dictated to them by an angel called Moroni, which means angel of light. They believe that they believe in Jesus. I'm sorry, I don't believe that they do. Second Thessalonians 2.3, Let no one deceive or beguile you in any way. For that day, the day of the Lord, will not come except the apostasy comes first, unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come, and the man of lawlessness, the man of sin, the son of perdition is revealed. That falling away, the apostasia, the defection, the revolt, we've talked about that in great detail too. It's a defection from the truth. It's a revolt from right relationship. To forsake the truth, you forsake the spirit of truth. It's a literal divorce. The falling away from the Lord. Apostasy is a form of divorce. It's a violation of the marriage covenant. You see why it's so deadly and so dangerous? Why you should care about it? Why, when somebody gives you some great new revelation, you should see if it lines up with the Word? 
one of the first things we did with SRT and with some of the things that we shared and taught is we made the revelation line up with the Word. We didn't manipulate the Word to line up with the revelation. Remember that. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Messiah Yeshua, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. And yes, I know, you could say to me, Paul's talking to Timothy, who's the young man as a pastor of a church who is imploding. First Timothy church exploding. Second Timothy church in Ephesus imploding because of the false teaching, because of the people that slipped in there to destroy it. But we're all preachers and teachers by example, by what we say, by what we do, by how we treat others. Preach the word. Be an official messenger of the gospel, of the good news. Be ready when the time is right and even when it's not. Keep your sense of urgency And whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether convenient or inconvenient, whether welcome or unwelcome, you have the secret to life. You have the secret to happiness. You have the secret to supernatural peace. Why wouldn't you want to tell others about that? Preach the word, folks. Tell them tell them about the Lord, about what he's done for you. Well, I can't put words together like you do, Richard. I'm not I'm not good like I'm not asking you to do what I do. I'm asking you to do what you can do through the truth, through the Holy Spirit. That's why we prayed for that in the beginning, why you need that. So when standing talking to somebody, you get a a word of wisdom, you get revelation knowledge, and you can tell them a story in your life that pertains to something in theirs that you know nothing about. Second Corinthians 4, verses 3 through 4, even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, of the glory of Messiah, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Who's the God of this world? Hasatan. Who serves him? The fallen in the kingdom of darkness. And by the way, again, please do not forget, there are other angels, almost equal in power, 
with Satan who fell with him, many of whom are in the pit, some of whom are not. They're all working together to destroy us. They're all working together to make blind, to obscure, to envelop with smoke and mirrors, to deceive people. That's what Gnosticism, that's what false teaching, that's what people like the spirit of Simon Magison, the spirit that was in him that is satanic, is demonic, and keeps getting passed down from century to century to generation to generation does. Conceited, high-minded, prideful men and women who all they have is smoke and mirrors, lofty words, self-promotion. And so many are fooled by them. What we need is we need the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow away their smoke and mirrors, to blow away the deception, and to bring light, to bring truth into the situation. To make manifest, to make things completely evident. And how do you do that? You do it with light. You do it by being born again. John chapter 3, starting verse 5, Lord talking to Nicodemus, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of Spirit is Spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who was born of the Spirit. Further down, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because the deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Every wrongdoer hates the light of the Holy Spirit, hates the light of the Word of God, and avoids it, shrinks from it for fear that their sinful, worthless activities will be exposed and be condemned. Remember, if, if you have not read the entire Bible, you should. And I'm not saying start in Genesis, go to Revelation. You can. I did that the first time. But if you don't know the Word, you want to say, where do I, where do I start, Richard? Start with the book of John. And then they read the other Gospels. And then read the letters from Paul, Peter, 
John and James, book of Revelation. Then go into the Old Testament. Let the Lord, let the Spirit lead you. But John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, scriptures that I speak every night when we do Shabbat. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it, did not understand it, could not overpower it, was unreceptive to it. Who's the light? Yeshua says, A twelve, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The life was the light of men. Yeshua is the light. Jesus is the light. To get out of the darkness, you have to follow him. Where the Lord is, there is light. When I find darkness, when I find deception, when I find a place that is filled with error, I know that, first of all, the Holy Spirit's not present because there's no conviction. But I also know that they're not serving the Lord. Because when the light exposes the powers of darkness, foolishness is evident for all to see. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. Ephesians 5, 8-13. Exposed by the light, brought out into the open, so that you can see what you're fighting. You can see what you're dealing with. If you have a problem, if you have a besetting sin, if there's something going on that you just can't get a grasp on, just ask the Holy Spirit to bring it out into the light. Turn the light on. And then you can put on the armor of light. You can begin to shine it for others. Romans 13, starting verse 11, And do this, knowing the time that is now high time to awake out of sleep. For now, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. You know what a critical hour this is. You know that it's high time to wake up out of your sleep, to wake up out of your spiritual slumber, to be roused to reality because salvation, final deliverance, is nearer to us now than when we first believed, when we first trusted in and relied on Messiah. The night is far gone. The day is almost here. Let us drop. Let us fling away the works and deeds of darkness 
and put on the full armor of light. Time to shine, brothers and sisters. Time to shine. Time to push back the darkness. Many of you have been with me for a while. You hear me talk about SRT. And he's kept us, I don't want to say sidelined, he's kept us off the field. And he's got a reason for that. I don't need to go into it right now. But the point is this. The point is this. It's time. It's time. It's time to wake up. It's time to rally the troops. It's time to get the provisions. It's it's time to get ready for the battle between night and day, for the battle between light and darkness. Believers that are asleep are inactive. And it's the same now as it was then when when Paul first spoke it. And that salvation refers to when believers are taken out of this world, the imminent return of Messiah, the final victory over sin and death that we will experience when Yeshua returns in his glory and we shed these mortal shells and we complete the transformation. We've been born again. Our spirit has been transformed, born from above, but these bodies, unfortunately, have not. But they will be. And you'll shake it off. All the disease, all the ancestral hereditary issues, all of those things will be gone. That's why I long for the day. I long for the day that he returns, not just for the reward of that, for the, for the final battle, for the destruction of the kingdom of darkness, for setting the captives free. Romans 5, verses 9 and 10, much, much more than having now been justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Do not believe anyone that tells you we have to go through all of it. We are not children of wrath. The time of Jacob's trouble is not for the church, is not for the born-again believers. But there's a battle. It's been going on since the beginning of time. But since the day of Pentecost, it went into overdrive. The battle between night and day. The battle between darkness and light. Night is the present age in which we live in Hasatan's domain. Day is the beginning of a new life in Messiah in his glorious reign. That w- When you say at hand, it means it's imminent. The Lord could return at any moment. He could return in the middle of this Bible study. Philippians 4, 5, let your gentleness 
be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. James 5, 8, you also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. First Peter 4, 7, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. The day of salvation, the day of the Lord, when his divine plan culminates. See, the Greek and the Romans and the Jews all use the contrast of light for daytime and good and darkness for nighttime and evil. We as believers in Yeshua belong to the day, and we should be living out its values, avoiding the dark deeds that are typical of the nighttime. That is why. Oh, Lord, keep me from getting in trouble for this. That is why this nonsense going on in the church right now of bringing demonic activities and deviant behavior in to be acceptable, to be, what's the word, accepting of people. Yeshua didn't sit down with sinners to accept their sin. He sat down with them in love to change them and transform them by his presence. If you see a place that calls itself a church of the Lord, and they bring the dark deeds of the demonic into their sanctuary, run quickly, far, far away. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Expose them by your behavior. Expose them by your knowledge of the Word. Expose them by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of you, which should bring conviction. Accepting of sin and promoting sin and debauchery and depraved practices is not of the church of the living God. It takes us back to the church of Simon Magus. Gnosticism, false teachings, deception. Lord, oh Lord, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lead us not into temptation. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, give us that daily bread so that we can be fed and we can feed others. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Not the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of light, which exposes things, which gets people to repent and see their their sins and their failures, and they cry out, I need a Savior. Save me, Lord. I'm drowning in my life. I'm drowning in in my, my ancestral sins. Save me, Lord. Set me free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Oh, Lord, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We praise you, we worship you, we magnify.
the name of Yeshua, the name of Jesus. How majestic is that name? Just like the angels around the throne room and the and the 24 elders, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Brothers and sisters, open your Bible. Begin to read the word out loud. Begin to read the prayers out loud. Begin to speak it over yourself. Begin to speak it into your family. Stop compromising. Stop going along to get along. That won't do anybody any good, least of all you. I was demon-possessed. I was just short of being fully claimed Bahasatan for the calling he had for my life. It took someone telling me the truth in love to open my eyes for me to realize I was in trouble. I needed help. I needed a savior. Lord, please touch your children this night. Those that are crying out for prayer, answer their prayers. Meet them where they are. Fill them and change them. I ask all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. If you have a need, you have a desire, if you need some help, if you need prayers, whatever you need, reach out. Don't go through it alone. Maybe wherever you are, you're not plugged in to an actual fellowship. I I wish I had the ability to come to you, and I believe that I will. I believe that we'll be highly mobile to come do this. As yet, he has not delivered on that promise, but he is faithful to fulfill his promises. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord, may Adonai, Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord, may Adonai Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.